This is the Wild Crime Report for Monday the 12th of February 2024. I'm wildlife investigator Matt Durren and I wish you a welcome start to the week. Let's get into some information. In the United Kingdom this week, a UK man, appropriately named Mark Britton, was sentenced for smuggling a hundred pygmy chameleons that were seized by authorities three years ago. The seizure made at London's Heathrow Airport, consisted of a consignment that was sent to the UK from Cameroon in West Africa. Police were able to gather evidence against Britain for importing the chameleons illegally, with a police spokesperson stating that the investigation involved coordination between UK Border Force, the National Wildlife Crime Unit and authorities in Africa. Britain's sentence was a four-month suspended prison term. Now, I'm sure there are some that would consider this a slap on the wrist. And, and while I can't say the details of this court decision have been made public, there are any number of reasons that judges may give small, or by the same token harsh, punishments. What's important here is that the efforts of investigators were vindicated and a conviction was recorded. Getting any successful prosecution over the line is never an easy feat. And in this case... Investigators and prosecutors had to persevere for three years to see justice. Now, staying in the reptile world and in Uttar Pradesh, the northern state of India, authorities conducted two raids within 18 hours last week, seizing a collective 679 turtles from the hands of traffickers. The first operation took place in a hotel room in Chabar within the city of Lucknow. Acting on intelligence, police arrested one individual and saved 309 turtles. The second operation occurred not too far away in the area of Sushant Golf City and saw officers raid a vehicle carrying five individuals and a further 370 turtles. It was not disclosed how, if at all, the two cases are connected, but the timing would suggest, and the location, that it was part of a coordinated effort. The agency leading this, the Directorate of Revenue Intelligence, is India's leading agency for investigating large-scale anti-smuggling crime and has recently been tasked with prioritising wildlife crime. Given they have a national presence and considerable resources, they're exactly the sort of agency within India that is well-suited to complex and transnational criminal networks smuggling rare and lucrative wildlife. The media reports did not specify the exact breakup of the species seized, but did nominate them as Indian tent turtles, Indian roofed turtles, and brown roofed turtles. These three are part of a large group of river turtles that are commonly picked off in the north of India and trafficked in large quantities through the illegal reptile trade. Given they are available from hunters for less than one US dollar and can be sold in markets in Southeast Asia for a few hundred dollars, you can imagine why they are attractive to trafficking networks. That's tens of thousands of dollars in profits to be made from just 600 turtles alone. Watch this space for more reptile trafficking as river turtles and the southern endemic tortoises, such as the Indian star tortoise, continue to be targeted for the illegal markets in Asia, the Middle East, and even Europe. Possibly destined for businesses and traders such as Muhammad Arshad, who is a Singaporean man who this week received an eight-week prison sentence. Arshad was found guilty of possession of protected wildlife at his business premises in the western side of Singapore. Arshad was arrested back in November 2022 after officers from Singapore's National Parks Board 
inspected a commercial location that he was using for his purported aquatic business. He was found to be keeping an eclectic mix of 69 wildlife species that included leopard geckos, California king snakes, sugar gliders, bearded dragons, a blue-tongued skink, and horned frogs from South America, most of which are protected under CITES and were being held in breach of local legislation. However, Arshad didn't help himself during the search. When officers arrived at his premises and called him to let them in, he told them he wasn't in and was conveniently out and about managing deliveries. Fortunately, the officers didn't buy that BS and managed to gain entry to his premises, only to find Arshad himself hiding out in a back room, lying on the couch. The only deliveries he was making were big fat porkies. Matters then got worse when he then proceeded to damage his phone in front of officers. In the end, for offences that could have carried a maximum of six months jail, considering the aggravated circumstances of his behaviour to officers when he got arrested, he definitely got off lightly. Now, moving across to West Africa, and in Nigeria this last week, three individuals were arrested in relation to the illegal possession and suspected export of elephant tusks. Led by the Nigeria Customs Service, the operation is stated to have occurred across multiple locations in the city of Lagos and resulted in the seizure of 25.35 kilograms of ivory and the arrest of three as yet unnamed suspects. This is not a considerably large seizure of ivory by any stretch. However, contextually, Nigeria has been a crucial transit point for wildlife traffickers in the last decade. Due to its thriving business and economic hub, it's also neatly positioned between the western and central African regions from which illegal wildlife commodities like ivory and pangolin scales are sourced. This was very evident in the large-scale seizures of pangolin scales and elephant ivory that were being detected by authorities as coming from Nigeria from at least 2018 onwards. The silver lining here may be that smaller seizures of ivory such as this latest 25 kilos could be an indication that it's getting harder for traffickers to stockpile and transport larger quantities. The operation also comes only weeks after Nigeria made a public show by destroying over two tonnes of elephant ivory seized from past investigations, which I mentioned in an earlier episode. I'm a bit of a cynic when it comes to these sorts of publicity stunts. Sure, they are a symbolic gesture, but more importantly, stockpiles of elephant ivory, pangolin scales and the like, animal parts that are simply lying around, should all be destroyed after they've served their purpose if they've been used as evidence. To have tons and tons of such a commodity in existence can only present an opportunity for would-be traffickers, aided by corrupt facilitators, to get that product into the supply chain. Destroy it all, I say. And lastly, a wildlife case that sees a fusion of crime and science. A US man, Arthur Schubert, from Montana, was charged with federal offences related to the illegal cloning, breeding and selling of the Marco Polo Agali sheep, a species of sheep found in Central Asia. This story actually begins back in 2013 when Schubert was able to get the biological tissue of said Marco Polo sheep into the USA and kept it in storage until two years later, where he then used it to clone embryos. Within a year of the cloning, he had bred a male Marco Polo Agali sheep, using another type of sheep as a surrogate. 
He called his creation Montana Mountain King. Montana Mountain King was then very busy inseminating other sheep with the offspring being sold to Schubert's customers. He even harvested semen from Montana Mountain King, which was sold to an unnamed customer in Texas. Good grief, Schubert the sheep pimp. Schubert was ultimately investigated, with a considerable amount of evidence being found in both the trail of documents from his sales, but also admissions he made in online forums for having a hybrid sheep. The crime stemmed from the fact that the initial biological tissue of the Marco Polo Argali sheep, smuggled into the USA back in 2013, was illegal, as no permit for its import was obtained. This then rendered the following actions of storage, cloning, breeding, and sales of offspring as further offences, given the illegality of the original genetic material. I'm always fascinated by these sorts of wild and wacky cases as it truly demonstrates the complexity of wildlife legislation and the difficulty investigators face in identifying such crimes. Schubert made a plea deal for these charges, meaning that he's pled guilty and will receive a sentence from the district court in Montana. And the current status of Montana Mountain King is not known, but hopefully, somewhere, he's enjoying a green pasture and some well-earned rest. And that is the Wild Crime Report for this week. I'm Matt Durrant. Until next time, stay wild and keep the animals there too.